This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a special episode of the Animaniacast. The wretched clown, the ending scene. Take 6,437. And action. I saw a snail slithering across a railroad track. Ooey Gooey was his name. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. This is the only podcast out there that talks about every episode of Animaniacs. And of course, we also talk about things like Freakazoid and Tiny Toon Adventures and Pinky and the Brain. But today we are talking about a very special classic episode of Animaniacs, Hearts of Twilight. I am Joey and joining me socially distanced about five miles down the road for me is my brother Nathan. Flamiel! <laughs> Socially distanced much further away from us is Kelly in Georgia. Hello! Socially distanced away from us once again is our honorary fourth co-host. He's the creator of Animaniacs. It's Mr. Tom Ruger. Hoyo! <laughs> and of course he's a writer of Animaniacs, a voice actor, a puppeteer, and honestly, he's one of the funniest people we know. It's Mr. Oh. Paul Rugg. Oh, thank you very much. By the way, you all owe me money for those little Jerry Lewis things you did. I, oh, oh, no, man. Because <laughs> you all went hoyle, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we'll, we'll, we'll work that out later there, Paul. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I just think times are tough. I need I need to I need to keep a income going. So. Oh, good, good. <laughs> well, we were uh, talking about all these different episodes of Animaniacs. We've actually been running down through the episodes. We got to one through nineteen, talking really in depth with Tom Ruger uh, on all these great episodes. And Tom was giving us all this great stuff. But we got to twenty, and we had to stop. Number one, because we were all getting exhausted. But number two, <laughs> and more, most importantly, is because he said, this episode right here is really special, and we should get Paul on to talk about this episode <laughs> with us. And Paul, you were nice enough to kind of join us via Skype, uh, me and Nathan, uh, over at Phoenix Fan Fusion about a year or so ago. Yeah, that's right. And you had yeah. mentioned that... This episode, Hearts of Twilight, I believe you said it was your favorite episode of Animaniacs. Yep, yep, I think so. I think it is, yes. Uh, I like the, that and the 65th anniversary special. I like that. Clown and Out and Potty Emergency. Those are probably my <laughs> Those are all absolute winners. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I think, um, Kelly, now this is one of your favorite episodes. Am I correct? I love it. 
Yes, we all do. I know, particularly though, Kelly, I remember first getting, uh, when we first started this podcast, she could not wait to talk about this particular episode. Um, so Kelly, I'll tell you what, why to get started off, why don't you just go ahead and give us just a quick synopsis of the plot and then we'll go ahead and just get into kind of the inspiration of this episode and just some our some of our general thoughts and stuff about this. Okay. Thaddeus Plots is um, kind of irritated. There's a director who's gone over budget. You know, his movie needs to be shut down. And they've sent some accountants out to shut the film down. But they haven't returned. Ooh, isn't that scary? We even sent over five of our best accountants to pull the plug, but they never came back. Isn't that scary? Get out of my bubble! We need someone who's cunning enough to get inside that soundstage and stop that director. Someone who's brave, daring, and stupid enough to go on this mission. And so he says, I present you the Warner siblings. And they've been chosen for their own special talents. Dot's cute, and Wacko has the mallet, and uh, Yakko can do two paddle balls at once. So <laughs> they get in a golf cart and you know, drive into the heart of the studio and you know, pass all sorts of... Uh, rides and carnage and the horror the horror and um which is ticket prices and uh finally get to the studio and fall into a trap and they find the missing accountants or the missing accountants find them and they've, they've got their ties taken off their neck and they're wearing around their heads and everything and presenting <laughs> Freud Laven. we had been captured by the missing accountants now, disciples of the director. Freund Laven, Freund Laven, Freund Laven, Freund Laven. Stop with the chanting! Bravo! Encore! Fabu! Did you choreograph that? Oh, you should be very proud. They say, well, no, we've, we've got to shut down the movie, and, and you know, your director is, is over budget, and, and we're here to take him down. And he's like, no, no, you not going to let you out. So Dot decides to pull her cute weirdness on him. And uh, he decides that he's going to let them out. But they have to say the secret word. And around them, all the accountants are chanting, Freund Laven, Freund Laven. And they go, could it be Freund Laven? And uh, they're like, they have spoken Freund Laven. And we should let them. So they let them into the, the studio. And they're going through all these costume changes and everything. And finally get to the director. And he's on... Uh, I don't know how many thousands of takes he's done. Um, he's working on the final scene of the movie and eats a bug. So he needs to cut and do a do another take. Look, kids, I don't sign autographs. It cheapens us both. Me, the artist, and you, the whatever you are. Now scoot. Well, how'd you with the going? You were there, but here now you are for me to see. How'd you do? You understand any of that? I think he said, Hoyle, how to with the going? You were there, but here now you are for me to see. How'd you do? Thanks for clearing that up. And so they tell him, no, we're here to shut you down. And, uh, you know, he's not very happy about that. But uh, Wacko, I mean, I'm sorry, Yakko tells him that they actually have an ending for him. And he gets really excited. And then they drop a... um. I think it's a mallet, mallet or an anvil. They drop it on him, and he's like, that's an ending? So uh, that's kind of where it ends. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a mallet. Giant mallet. 
a mallet contraption of some sort, I think, actually, with like a lever yes. and everything. It was yes. very loud. Well, and there was a boom in the sh- first shot. Yes. The boom mic was in the. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta do it again. Yeah. The hiding. The hiding. Cut print. That's a wrap. Let's go home. That's the ending. The ending of our story. The ending. That's the ending. The ending. That's the ending. The ending. The ending. The ending. Well, uh, it's it's definitely uh, you know one of the one of the classic episodes, of Animaniacs, and I think we should really just turn it over to to Tom and Paul. How did this episode come about? Oh boy. <clears throat> um, well, this is a very interesting story, so I'm so glad we're talking about it. But the first the first draft of this script was an utter disaster. It was probably my biggest disaster i had had ever up to up to that time so here's what happened uh you know we would pitch tom and by the way every time i think about episodes i think about where my office was and i think this was (laughs) office number three (laughs) this is because we were always playing musical offices um and i remember in that time i had a little tiny office right next to randy rogel with his piano and um, that could it could it tended to sometimes be a little off putting. But anyway, I won't go into that <laughs> because he was always like, and, you know, you're, you're trying to think. And it's like, oh, my gosh. But anyway, so the first I remember telling Tom and Tom and I talked about it and I said, well, I think uh, the Warners in like, a, you know, sort of like Apocalypse Now, they're going to be sent, you know, up studio to um, to find a di- or to stop a director. Now at that time, uh, that it wasn't Mr. Director. It which for I have no idea why it wasn't Mr. Director, but it wasn't. I was trying to be clever, I guess. And um, <laughs> so what I turned in, I recall, was something kind of slow and ponderous because I was trying to be very clever and arty. And I remember I turned it in, and then the next day it was like Tom was like, "Could, could I, could I talk to you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And Tom, you know, he had a very he has a way with words, and he says, "I don't like this." <laughs> and he said, "I just, I don't know what we talked about, but this isn't it." And so, and that was like the first time I think I'd ever turned in something that Tom was like didn't like, and I was like, "Well, that's rude." You know, <laughs> and I remember going, "Well, what what's the problem?" And he's like, "Well, I had hoped it would be funny." And, uh, <laughs> so uh, I sort of went back, and I was, and we talked about you know various things to do. And I went in my office, and I'll never forget this. This is like a top ten memory, because oh I was new. This is like the first time I had done this. I think I'd been there six months, maybe, maybe less than that, maybe four. And I sat in my office and tried to think about what it could be. And I was like, well, no, I just don't have anything. So I went in <laughs> and I and I said, you know, I don't 
I don't, I don't, yeah, you're right, this one isn't good. Let's just, I'll just, um, I'll just write something else. And, uh, <laughs> and Tom goes, uh, see, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to write, uh, see, because we sort of like the idea. The only problem is it was not good. So if you could make it good, <laughs> really, I really want you to do that. <laughs> So I, I went in my office and I was like, what? And, um, but that's the pretty amazing. And I went in my office and then all at once, it was like, oh, it's Mr. Director. Oh, and everything just went blam, 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 blam. And I think I wrote it in a day and a half um, because it all sort of fell into place. Um, and, but it was funny because it was like, it was the first time I had ever <clears throat> sort of not succeeded in writing an, uh, writing a Yakko Echo Dot one. And it was weird. I mean, the first version had them driving and there was, there was a crew. <laughs> I recall there was a crew in one of my scenes that had been standing there for 40 years because they never heard the director yell cut. And they were old and they had beards and it was like, it was, it was just not good. But anyway, <laughs> but once, once I figured out, oh, wait a minute, this is Jerry. He's, we're going to do um, Hearts of Darkness, which is um, Coppola's wife's documentary. And it just went boom. And it was so much better. And I'm so glad Tom was like. Paul, I, you know, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, and, uh, and it forced me, it forced me to go, go back and, and do, do it again. And I'm glad I did. So that's how that one, that's how that started. And then, uh, you know, cause it took me forever to write things, but that one just sort of once, once I discovered what it was, it just was like, it was just kind of fun. Like boom, 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 boom. Um, so anyway, that is the story of how it began. It came from a disaster. Wow. Wow. Now, were you always planning on having that? as a, So it didn't start as a Hearts of Twilight or Apocalypse I Now mean, kind of thing? Or? It, sort, it sort of did, but it was more, I think I was going through my own Coppola moment or Coppola moment because I, <laughs> I was like, it was all very broody and moody and, and you know, and and I, I think Tom's right. There probably wasn't a laugh in sight, but... But every film, every frame in my head was gorgeous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it always was. But I think I was really going with the whole, like, oh, this is terrible. And, and they you know, they have to go up, up studio and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, I just took it too far. And then, but once I think we discovered that, that Jerry Lewis was at the end, it was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and then I just, I pretty much, I started from the making of the documentary um, and the actual apocalypse now. So I sort of, I sort of chose wherever I wanted to choose w within the story. So I would, I would dip into apocalypse now for something and then I would dip into um, the doc, the documentary. Yes, I was. Just, it's it's really a perfect blend of those two. Now, I I was trying to 
find the time to actually watch both of them before our recording today, and I just didn't have time. I did watch both trailers, though, however. I what? mean, I got a little bit of it in. Um, got five minutes of time, yeah. <laughs> Tom, do you have anything to add about how the development of this? Do you remember any of this, <laughs> Paul, coming I, to you? Paul, Paul's being very generous uh, with, with my participation. Um, you know, honestly, th- this this is uh, a very unique cartoon that I, I suspect only one person on the planet could have written it. Uh, it, it has all sorts of uh, Paul uh, idiosyncrasies and comedy, and it's packed with them, with all those elements. And uh, uh, I'm sorry that I didn't like your first script, Paul. Well, no, I'm glad you didn't because it was caca. It was bad. But I think that's that's the thing, too. When you would, you know, I think that might have been my ninth or tenth or maybe... Like, I think I hadn't written, I hadn't been there a, a year, but you sort of, just just when you thought uh, with Yakko Akron and Dot, that you sort of knew how to write them, um, you discovered, oh, wait a minute, if you're not being surprised, then it's not working. So there was like, every five Warner scripts, you had to do a reset because you discovered that oh my gosh i've done that i've done that and and that was i think probably the first reset i ever did um where i was like okay everything i know i have to forget and i have to start over well well the the characters themselves by the time you started on this script and it probably was paul's like 10th yakko wacko and duck they the the characters through paul and the other writers had grown and had matured and so uh, you couldn't go back and do exactly the same thing uh, you were doing in uh, Roll Over Beethoven. Um, suddenly, they, they were wiser now. Uh, but uh, what I, I was watching it today, and I watched a little bit of uh, the, the documentary and a little bit of the feature, and I realized, and, you know, I hindsight is, in retrospect, you get to think, oh, you analyze... This thing is, this cartoon is uh, a lampooning of pretension. It really is. It's like, it takes the pretentious Jerry and, uh, and even, even the opening, the beginning of, <laughs> there's, there's a, Paul is just pointing out these pretentious things that take place in movies and he's, and he's rolling over them like with, uh, with a golf cart. Uh, it, so there are so many great things going on in this. Uh, I don't know where to begin. The beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, it was super easy once you. So I think the beginning is very uh, is basically lifted right out of Apocalypse Now, which is they get their order. Um, we're going to go. You have to stop him. Um, there's Thaddeus plots. And I remember Tom is all funny. And you know, it's, it's weird the things that stick into your mind. But I remember I wrote a line, get out of my bubble. <laughs> I still love that line. Yeah, because the, the Warners are getting real close to Thaddeus plots. And, and I have no idea. I get out of my bubble. And I remember <laughs> Tom, you were like, where's his bubble? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, it's just, it's a bubble thing. He goes, I don't understand the bubble. And, and, then, and then I go, no, no, it's, it's when you get close to something. But I remember you and I had like a, 
very long talk about the book. <laughs> and um, and I was like, no, no, it's, it's an expression. It's like you're in my bubble and, and I'm too close to you. And you and then you're, you're, you're like, oh, his bubble. <laughs> how, it how means sad. they weren't social distancing. How yes, exactly. It took me so long. But yeah, and now every time I see that moment and it's when one of the uh, executives, it looks, it's the executive that looks like Floyd the Barber. Yeah. Is, is really close to Plots, and he, and he just Plots is like listening, and then he like realizes the guy is really close, and he just screams, "Get out of my bubble!" Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the guy that goes, "Isn't that spooky?" Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which was great. So I I, sur- I realized that um, this one was really noting all those things in that first scene, and just picking them out one by one and making fun of it. Um, yeah, so um, where I think it's weird, like in Freakazoid, a couple years later, we would have probably done my first version, which is sort of like a direct parody of it. It's just weird. Like, it's like that. It's, it's, it's just all different. Where the Warners are definitely much more um, high energy and crazy and and uh, they sort of demanded it but i think maybe the first version i wrote would would have fit more freakazoid sort of like the crawling eye thing or whatever um I didn't. well the ooey gooey is in both <laughs> yeah what if i put ooey gooey worms in your ears they wrap around your brain and make you all crazy Ooey gooey was a worm, a gooey worm was he. He sat upon a railroad track, a train he did not see. Ooey gooey! <laughs> the trip through the studio, that was pretty much just, all right, let's, I remember Tom, Tom saying just, parody all the different all the different things um and so i parodied you know uh you know universal um and we did a lot of horror of the end of the horror the horror the horror um and so and that was for the price of admission that's right the horror so right up to where they then see the dennis hopper character played by jeff bennett wow that that is still probably apocalypse now but the moment, the moment they go inside, now we're into the Hearts of Darkness parody. <laughs> Which is, I can't believe I'm saying this about a ch- children's show, but it's true. Uh, yeah. And I think that we, we might as well go into uh, a, a question here uh, that someone here on Facebook asked. Uh, Dusty Carney asks, I'm curious to hear how the concept of using the day the, cr- the clown cried in the Apocalypse Now set- setting came to fruition. Because as you go into the actual film studio, they're filming The Wretched Clown. Right. So I, I was, there's so many little details, such as that little thing on the clapperboard. Yeah. Uh, how many of those things are you, as a writer, uh, making sure to specify for the, uh, the people that doing, at doing the art? I'm pretty sure on that one... Tom, if I'm mistaken, but but I'm pretty sure we called all all of that. Um, yes, and and you know it's funny dur- during this time, 
uh, you have to understand that all the writers and Tom and stuff, we, we sort of had this, you know, there was a there was a constant conversation about all kinds of pop culture stuff. There was Jerry Lewis. There was, you know, The Day the Clown, Clown Cried. There was, there was all kinds of other things. So it was always sort of on the tip of our tongue. And um, and we would just throw that into the scripts. And that's sort of that's sort of the environment Tom would would create where uh, it, it was just we were always just discussing different different things. So, um, yeah, so that that's de- definitely the day the clown cried became the wretched clown. You know, it's, it all just. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just weird. What can I say? <laughs> now, uh Paul, are you a uh, uh, Doris fan, Jim Morrison? Because I, I no. you, you just said it was in the movie. It works yep. here. Yep. 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 I, I remember it was like this. And, and that that provided a little joke, too. You know, this is the beginning, the beginning of a story, the beginning. <laughs> and it also provided us the end, which was him being hit by the Warners in a little golf, golf cart, which I always found interesting in that usually the outs or your blackouts could the seed was always planted on the first page. Mm. Usually. Mm-hmm. How pretentious does that sound? But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's true. I found out uh, watching the episode, the whole half hour today that your uh, Hearts of Twilight ends with running over, backing up over uh, the singer, right. while the Boyds ends up ends with uh, the, the stars of the movie backing up over uh, the Boyds. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we we clearly we're we were in a little uh, zeit, we were in a small pocket zeitgeist of running over thing. <laughs> these these are the themes that connect the entire episode. It's not just movie themed right there with both parts. The thing is, we were making these we were making these cartoons. Uh, the boys might have been made three months earlier. You know, when mm-hmm. we pieced all the shows together, uh, we turned this particular half hour. We knew. Hearts of Twilight was particularly strong, so we made it sort of this whole master class about cinema, uh, really. Uh, so you know, it starts with uh, mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock parody, and the the uh, anyway. Well, yeah, then cinema. even the the runner in between is the like Yakko or Wacko is a, a projector, right? Like, That's right, and the the little tag at the end of the main title for this one is Citizen Caney. <laughs> right, 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 right. Whoa! Whoa! Not mine. <laughs> That's Marge. Sorry, Marge. Marge. Hey, Marge. I have a question. Can I just ask a question of Mr. Rudd? How how in God, how in the heavens are you making those videos with the dog? Oh, oh. <laughs> there's a there's this app that John Bailey, who's the epic voice guy, uh, showed me. And it basically is used for faces, but you can go in and you can show it where a dog's mouth is. And then you just you basically put it up to your face, put your phone up to your face and and it does it. Um, Awesome. I have I have have had more fun making my dogs talk, which I should probably (laughs) not do that anymore. But anyway, it's fun. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, I, I love I love Paul's videos funny. that he's been doing with the like going to the the CVS. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. gosh, 
yeah. the wigs talking to each other or the, the 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 mannequins talking to each other it's it's all just yeah it, i want to tell the people at henson because i just spent the summer doing a, a show for them and go guys look it's so much easier to just have a computer read my face could we just do it like that but they are <laughs> they want real puppetry which i guess is what puppetry is it's real so yeah so let's talk about that for a moment real quick um yeah paul you've been you've been you were in before everyone was socially distancing themselves from everybody, you were you were locked away in the in the Henson company for a few weeks, right? So yeah, for the whole summer, whole summer. Tell us what what uh, what were you working on, and and when can we expect to see this project? I uh, was working on a show called Earth to Ned, uh, which is for Disney Plus, and it's basically uh, he's uh, it's a live action talk show. Uh, where an alien uh, who was bent on destroying Earth comes down and then falls in love with popular culture and decides that he's going to put the invasion on hold while he interviews celebrities. So um, <laughs> that's basically what it is. And um, and it's really fun. It was a ton of work because I had to sort of learn. I had to learn basically how to use this this rig that allows me to move the mouth of the, of the head uh, of the, of, of Ned, who's the alien, who's seven feet tall. Uh, wow. But it's not just me. So while I'm moving the mouth and sort of speaking for him, there's a person in the body moving the body. There's the person right next to me moving the eyes. There are, there's a person doing his front two hands. There's a person doing his back two hands. So it takes six of us working in unison <clears throat> to uh, do it. And I was like, oh, this is never going to work. You people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then uh, we rehearsed for a month, literally working as a team. And 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 then, doggone it, if they, it didn't come one day where you looked at Ned and you were like, well, that's one, that is a being. And um, it was amazing. It was amazing. So, that's fantastic. Yeah. And he's going to interview celebrities, and uh, and I can't tell you who they are because they would get oh. really mad at me. But we had we had really fun celebrities, and I think uh, I think it's going to be coming out on Disney Plus soon. Soon will it be like weekly? Do you know, or will they all come out at once? Or uh, I think I think the way Disney Plus does it wisely is they release every week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's how it's going to go. So cool. Excellent. We have time to yeah. enjoy each one and really yeah. get into it. And we get to talk about it and, you know, hype it up to our friends and things. You, yeah. made, a, you made a good batch of them, did you not? Yeah, we did 20. Wow. wow. Yeah, That's we fantastic. Did, we, did, we did 20. And, and um, the, so the, the interviews with the celebrities, we would uh, bring them on and they um, we would spend like an hour and a half with them. And uh, at first they were like very nervous about looking at a seven foot alien. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, it worked. It worked. Well, that, we can't wait for that one right there. It's that that's going to be exciting. I, I've seen the we, you know seeing it. What's what's this, what's the character's name again? It's uh, Ned. Ned. Yeah, just Ned. Just Ned. I Ned. Thought... Ned. <laughs> yep. Well, I can't wait to see that. I, I love puppetry, and I'm always excited to see more of uh, stuff from Jim Henson's uh, company. Literally. So. Fantastic. Um, let's uh, getting back to the episode. Now we mentioned how the beginning of the episode starts off with uh, kind of an Alfred Hitchcock opening, and uh, 
the Warners turn to the the camera and they all say Flamiel. And of course, the episode ends with the water tower of them saying Flamiel once again. And we hear repeatedly Freundleben, Freundleben. So all of these words, uh, obviously, kind of referencing uh, Jerry Lewis. However, are these are these actual Jerry Lewis things, or are these things that you just kind of came up with, Paul? I'm not sure. I, Tom, Tom, I actually don't, don't know. I remember for the very first one we did, which was Hello, Nice Warners. Um, I think I think in conversations with Tom, we came up with things that really would sound like a Jerry Lewis word, uh, like Freundleben. I don't know if Jerry Lewis ever said that. He might have. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, then there's fine golden maven soil. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no way he said that. I don't think he said that. Yeah, I don't think he said fine golden maven soil. Um, uh, but I think what we would then do is every time Mr. Director made an appearance, we would add, we would sort of add more uh, to the canon of his words. And I have no, I mean, but front front Laban for some reason. Uh, stuck because is that the one we used in clowning out? I think it is. Um, I'm not sure. No, no. So Freund Laban then uh, was birthed in um, Hearts of uh, Hearts of Twilight. Yes. Uh, and so that is the first time we ever used the word, and then we used it repeatedly uh, until ad nauseum. <laughs> The Dennis Hopper character. I mean, you, this this is a great one to hear. Dennis Hopper, of course, his does that character actually have a name? By the way, that guard, or because he appears later in Wacko's Wish and everything. I wonder if he has, actually has a name or just the Dennis Hopper guy. In, in the original movie, I forget what his. He was the journalist, but I don't remember what if he had a name in that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, um, in our oh yes, it's, it's Mr. Crazy Person. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> into credit. Yeah. Crazy person. Yeah. That's good. Mr. Crazy person. It's perfect. They, they say it, so. Yeah. Let me handle this. Oh, Mr. Crazy person. All we want to do is give the director a big smooshy kiss and say hi. Whoa, you're cute, man. You got this whole cute, don't make me stay in here thing happening, man. Oh, you're you're working your weirdness on me, man. Your cute weirdness. Okay, I'll let you out. Some girls got it. Some girls don't. Yeah, uh, it says in the credits, Mr. Crazy Person, Jeff Glenn Bennett. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what's amazing about that is so it's like when he says, um, "What he doesn't know, man. He knows, man." I mean, that's that is almost a direct lift from Apocalypse Now. Um, and I think the only thing we added was he's the thinker, the tinker, the plotter, the planner, the genius man. And um, I am still to this day amazed that that all exists. <laughs> Especially having now spent the past 20 years working for different companies and stuff. And um, I don't think, I mean, I just don't think we could we could do Stuff that no, I mean, think about this. No child in the known world at that <laughs> time 
knew what the heck, uh, not only what Apocalypse Now was, but what, what, what a, a very obscure documentary called Hearts of Darkness was, let alone Joseph Conrad, the movie. Um, so, but and, Tom, and Dennis Hopper, and Dennis Hopper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Tom, Tom would let us do that. And I guess it's, I mean, I, that, that, that's why it just amazes me, and, and we're talking about it. So that's kind of cool. Well, absolutely. I mean, just as us for as kids, we had absolutely no idea what's going on, obviously, but oh, we yeah. loved it. Um, no, not until like, college when I read Heart of Darkness, and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> and and even things like when Mister Director's uh, doing his little, you know, slithering across a railroad track, <laughs> ooey gooey was his right. name, <laughs> and then finding that. Uh, that uh, speech in Apocalypse Now with the uh, across the straight razor is that with the yeah. something along those lines? Yeah. And then I just found out last night that the whole swallowing a bug oh, yeah. thing was in, doc- in was in the documentary. Yeah, you take the others who are made to think but who can't act. You take. I swallowed a bug. Yeah, I yes. Bug. <laughs> you have to smell the bug. <laughs> a bug I ate with little wings. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, but- in the documentary, uh, there's tremendous conversations between uh, Coppola and, and, uh, and the journalist, where uh, it's clear that Dennis Hopper is as crazy as as crazy a person as he is in the movie. I mean, he is that guy in the movie. There's very little, uh, I mean, he's, he's improving some of that dialogue, but he, he is that guy right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of it. I, I can't think of any more dialogue today, <laughs> yeah. which I, I just, that made me laugh so much. I remember I saw that movie with, with my wife. We went to, uh, you know, like the new art cinema or something to see it. And, uh, and that the movie blew my mind and it, 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 it went down deep because I couldn't, I couldn't believe that they, the couple was making a movie that he had no idea what it was about. <laughs> and that, that Brando showed up, you know, 200 pounds larger than a couple wanted him to right. be. Yeah. He, had promised, he had promised he would lose a bunch of weight. And he not only showed up that way, but he was completely unprepared, and they had to spend three weeks getting him like just ready to say something. <laughs> yeah, and Coppola had to put him mostly in shadows <laughs> because he was so enormous. Um, and so oh. it's like if that's if that's not comedy, if that's not stuff step to parody. But again, that's what I sort of mean about about walking around the offices of Animaniacs where you could say, hey, man, I saw this thing last night and everybody else had seen it. And 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 then it just becomes sort of it, it just sort of filters through the air creatively. Um, and then when you're ready to write it, everybody knows what, what you're talking about. And not once, not once did Tom ever say, hey, guys, we got to think about the kids here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, but- and that it that I think maybe that it made it past Stephen or whatever that 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 no one ever said it amazes me that no one ever said guys what the hell are you doing <laughs> but nobody ever did yeah. which is great 
Well, yeah. this is this has been a fantastic conversation, um, Nathan Kelly. Before we, uh, Tom, before, uh, Paul, before we go, any yes. any last <laughs> remaining uh, well, actually, thoughts, words about this this episode? Can I can I interrupt just for a second? Because absolutely, we actually have a, a, a surprise guest. What? Yes, we do. And if you don't mind, uh, can I just take sort of the reins for a moment? Sure. Um, uh, as you. You're listening to the Animaniacast, and we do have a special guest this evening. He is a uh, comedian of world renown. He's one of the greatest directors who has ever lived. What button I speak into? He has directed films such as uh, The Wretched Clown. Is there a microphone anywhere here? Please, go ahead. You're being verbose. Go. The Nutty Adjunct Professor. Yes. Uh, Boy, did I get uh, a wrong thing on the phone. These are some of the films he's directed. Uh, Which Way to the Place I'm Going? And, of course, the classic Cinder in My Eye and Oi the Pain. Our guest tonight is Mr. Director. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Oh. It is with an effluence that I want to (laughs) communicate with you via an orb of knowledge of communication. And to be able to talk... On the Animaniacast, I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm excited beyond beyond perfuncturation, beyond lividity, beyond legaciousness, beyond sagaciousness, and beyond an upper equine accumulation of love for you people. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. Oh, uh, Mr. Director, if, if you don't mind, what we're talking about tonight is specifically... The Wretched Clown. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was brilliant, but it was too ahead of its time. Its wretchedness, mm-hmm. I thought, would be incarnate. I thought it would be, I'm going to say it again, perfunctory. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> loquacious. But Sid Edelman, I recall, he said, you'll never release this, and I'll tell you why. It's too good. And I said, why? <laughs> And he said, because it's too good. If I release this, everyone here at the studio will die. (laughs) They'll feel so bad about their own abilities. And I said, don't release it. That's fine. Well, uh, but what what I think threw people with the... There's a clown in the room, dog! Stop it! I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, I think what... uh, Don't eat it! What are you doing? <laughs> Stop! Anyway. Everything okay there? Everything's fine. I have a new dog named, <laughs> named Bixby. He's named after Bill Bixby. <laughs> oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, little shorts for him. He's green. Go ahead. Yes. Well, uh, you, you were famous, world famous for all these great comedy films. What, what made you take this 180-degree turn to make a film like The Wretched Clown that is just pure drama. The IRS. <laughs> there were issues. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. There was a divorce. It was tricky. There was... Her name was Tricky, by the way. <laughs> uh, anyway, certain things happened. There's a bird in here! Get the bird out! Put it away! <laughs> The dog will eat it! <laughs> Keep it the poop! Go on! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and I told the IRS, <laughs> and we did it. We made the movie. Uh, now, uh, artistically, is it difficult? You're you're in a scene. You're making a movie. You're directing it, but you're in the movie. You're in the scene. Is it difficult to direct yourself? No, because we have mirrors. <laughs> They were placed strategically all over the set, and you could at any time look at the mirror and say, "Ah, I get it. That's <laughs> that's me. That's crazy." Uh, yeah. Okay. The the, the film. Um, you, the, did you get along with the cast and the crew on on the Wretched Clown? Did that work out? Every day, after we had breakfast. I was in my own area, and they weren't allowed to look at me because I didn't like it. <laughs> and but I would talk to them, and they listened to me. And then we would all do our own thing. And then at the end of the day, I would leave without saying a word to anyone. And I would go into my trailer, and I don't know what they did. I don't even know who was on the film. <laughs> <laughs> And then the next day we do it again, and we did that for 373 days. <laughs> I cannot tell you the name of one person I met. There was only one actually. Her name was her name was Ling Tang, and she was our cook. Wonderful, wonderful cook. Yeah. Uh, now, so uh, 300 and some days. How long was the first cut of the film? 437 hours. <laughs> <laughs> We showed it. We showed it in five theaters simultaneously. You would see the first three hours at let let's say at the at the Pentagus, and then a bus would pick you up and take you to the Cinderella Dome. There you would have a cocktail, and then you would be picked up by another bus driven back to the Pentagus to see the first three hours again. Because I, I just, I wanted to make sure you got it. <laughs> And surprisingly, we just simply showed the first three hours repeatedly. Uh-huh. And then at the and then at the very end, would we would make something up? I would come out and I would I would play with, with magician with balls and such. <laughs> yeah, I'm, excuse me, I did your and and so uh, did it get a wide release? Did it get a wide release? Defi- oh, do you mean was it in many theaters? Yes. No, it was in. It was at the Pantages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, we're almost out of time here. Just a couple oh, of things. It, you, you're famous for the creation of language of words that are just uh, unique to you. Uh, right. And, and we're wondering, do you have? Can you give us a definition for uh, some of the words that you've created? For instance, sure, sure. Uh, what does the word flamil mean? Oh, look at that! Oh. <laughs> so if you just if you were to take flamil and just use it however you want, you'll find like, oh, look at that! Oh, ah. look at that! Yeah, flamil. Oh, look at thank you. And how about? Uh, Well, uh, friend Laven. Uh, oh, that's something. <laughs> oh, that's something. You know, oh. that sort of thing. It's uh, just a shortcut. Even yeah. though it takes longer to say friend Laven than it is, oh, that's something. Uh, it's okay. just a different way. 
Very good. And how about the word coil? Coil, it, it, uh, hoil. If you say hoil, it means, I'm ex, what a gasp. I'm gasping. What a, what oh. a, yeah, it's more of an exaggeration. Ah. Finally, uh, the last one that I have here, uh, find golden maven soil. Did, did, uh, I that, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, fine golden maven shawl. It's I want to reach you. I want to I want to understand you. I want us to have a communion together where we can both understand each other on our own terms. Not on my terms, but a general sharing of euphemisms, of of, of transgressions, you know that sort of thing. Well, uh, I can't. Mr. Director, uh, an honor. Uh, can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Uh, any final words, any final things for your fans? Uh, any comments? Yes. So you'll send the check or how, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we will. Thank you very okay. much. All right. Bye now. Goodbye. Oh, my Bye, goodness. Mr. Director. <laughs> wow. What a surprise. What a surprise. He was that... in Tom's house there, too. That was... <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's a, a very great man, very smart, funny, uh, pretentious man. <laughs> well, now, where is Paul still around? Is can we get Paul? Yeah, back? he's on. He's on mute right now. So might, he's, we he's, might have lost him a while ago. <laughs> no, I think. Oh, yeah, sorry. Are you We're back, just, Paul? I'm just no. I'm just. You, you did you get to hear that? Yeah, I did. I don't think I'll ever forget it. <laughs> I don't think there's any way to as long as I try <laughs> well uh, thank you t uh, Nathan, Kelly do we have any uh, last questions uh, comments, things like that for Tom, for Paul about uh, this the, fantastic episode I've just been so pleased to just sit back and <laughs> listen to all this yeah I just I love the episode it's I don't know how many times I've watched it. Well, it's we can't think. Episode. Yes, it's it really is one of the 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 gold standard, I think, of Animaniacs, uh, you know, episode segments. And so, thank you to so much for coming on here and really giving us so much detail about what's what's going on here. Of course, Tom, thank you for inviting Mister Director on here. That was quite a quite an honor as yeah, well. Tom, That's... Thank you. Wait, what was that? I'm just... <laughs> We were saying everyone was thanking you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Paul. I can't hear you. That's okay. <laughs> it wasn't important. I'm just thanking you for being you. Oh, listen. I, I, I hope you all realize that I think. Well, as we all know, Mr. Rugg is about the funniest man on earth. So, uh, I, I, I'm so happy that uh, he is uh, a part of all of our lives. He's just the best. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. Likewise. Oh, well. And and thanks, uh, you all, uh, Animaniacast. Thanks. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Uh, well, Fine. let's go ahead and get to some contact information and some any plugs that you guys might have. So, uh, Nathan, where can people find you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, JangoFT. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. Tom, what about you? Uh, I know I'm on things. Uh, Twitter. 
and 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 Facebook and uh, uh, all those things. And Instagram. It's I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> and cartoonatics dot blogspot dot com. I believe, right? So yes, you can check that out. There's stuff there. There's a great resource there for any fan of uh, Tom's work. And Paul, what about you? Oh my word, so many different things, but I'll give you the one that could make me money. <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram at rug, rug one. That's R U G, R U G G one. I don't know what any of that means, so just good luck with finding that. Yes, follow, follow Paul wherever you can, because uh, seriously, if you need a laugh, uh, Paul's posting fantastic stuff. Uh, just about every day, and uh, my wife and I uh, both, you know, instantly, whenever it comes up, did you see Paul Rugg? Do you see what he posted? We always, you know, <laughs> it love, love the stuff you're putting up there, Paul. So thank you again for all that. Well, as for the Animaniacast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, uh, you know, other places as well. Any podcast player out there has the Animaniacast, so go ahead and subscribe to it using whatever thing that you want to subscribe it to. And, of course, if you want to talk to us over on Discord, if you're one of those Discord people, you can go to discord.animaniacast.com and you can join the RetroZap Discord community. We're a proud member of the RetroZap podcast community. And uh, RetroZap has tons of fantastic podcasts that you should listen to about anything pop culture related. You can go to RetroZap's podcast feed and you can subscribe to it and get every single RetroZap podcast, including this one, delivered to your device for free. It's so cool. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan, Kelly, Tom, and Paul, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, and go away. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Look, kids, from the bottom of my heart, I say this to you now. Leave already!